Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we're in our 17th Teamless Tuesday. I'm your host, Stuart Lords, and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown, who has our expert physio and currently being beaten by my mum. How are you going, Mitch? Not very well after that last comment. <laughs> otherwise, I'd be pretty good. Uh, uh, only in NRL Fantasy, you don't need to call Children's Services. Don't worry. But uh, yes, unfortunately, Mitch, you, you are behind in that one. And we also have uh, rejoining us after a couple of weeks of working for one of our hopefully future sponsors, Martin Lord & Co. Chartered Accountants, for all your accounting needs. We have Nick Lord back with us. How are you going, Nick? What it do, baby? Happy New Year, everyone. How are we? Good, good, good. What does Happy New Year mean for the people at home who don't work in finance, mate? Uh, a financial year. It's a new financial year from 1st of July, so... Ah, like... You know, new, new, new us, right? New, new Year's resolutions. What have you got, boys? Uh, uh, not sure, mate. It's... The, my, uh, resolution, my resolution is to not be beaten by your mum. I mean, freaking <laughs> fantasy. That's my resolution. <laughs> oh, you failed already. <laughs> oh, you, you probably got an uphill battle. I'm interested to see how that goes because I think mum's got a lot of trades too. So, Mate, my team's busted. I'm down to nine trades. I'm, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. I, 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 you know, uh, bloody Justin Holbrook's the next coach fight. It's me. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Uh, the axe uh, on my neck. By the way, I, I'll wait till we get to like a little news section, then I'll check in there. But geez, I was right on Justin Holbrook, eh? Hey. I, reckon, I reckon you'll be right on Adam O'Brien too. Adam O'Brien's the worst. Anyway, I wish I wish they lost that game because then the Knights might get a decent coach someday. Imagine you're from Nathan Brown to Adam O'Brien. And anyway, moving on. Uh, look, thank you everyone at home for listening uh throughout this year thank you for encouraging us uh for subscribing liking the posts we always appreciate it if you don't follow us on facebook or instagram please do so uh subscribe to the podcast leave your comments we appreciate it all seriously guys uh if we didn't get the feedback if we didn't uh, get you know people engaging with us we probably wouldn't have continued much past about round 10 so uh thank you so much it's it's encouraging to know that people are interested and listening all right guys before we crack into the round let's look at our leagues so i'm going to kick us off so our cows head-to-head mode and look kiwi cookie is ahead by three wins he's the panthers of this particular comp but i guys i finally hit the top eight which probably makes me the dragons of this comp so <laughs> i've hit a positive oh. win that's oh, not a good. Uh, that's not a good analogy, mate. You don't want to be the dragons. I don't, but I am at the moment. So I'm finally in top eight with an eight-seven win loss. And look, to show you how gross this is, I'm in the top one k overall, and I can barely crap the top eight of my own friggin' league. So it's gross. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dean, I did beat last week, which is why I stole his spot in the top eight. All right, Mitch, how is your one going? The league's going well. I'm doing terrible. I'm sitting in 15th, and as I keep saying, my coaching job is tenuous at best. Uh, NRL, FL, God's Warriors continue to lead after dethroning um, Jacko Lamb uh, about two or three weeks ago. So, league's going well. I'm not doing so well. I'm glad Full Gould's not my general manager. I'd be real worried. Ooh-wee. Nick, how's your one going? Um, Elias G, Cherbrad is still top of the league, has been pretty much all year only one loss still which is pretty dope uh, Mount Wellington Mantis with 947 big score big score. so shout out to Mount Wellington Mantis wow 
We're going to look, guys. The boom or bust overall league has been popping off. So we have 10 players in the top 100 overall at the moment, which is, that's pretty huge. So thank you. It could be the, just a whole bunch of competitive players just joined our league. But either way, still pretty cool. Idiots, none of us, huh? <laughs> that's right. Well, look, we'll have to take some tips next year from Hugger Clan, who's sitting at in first. And then we got Heinous Crimes. Uh, at coming second overall, we have the Wonkos coming in fourth. We have first uh, NRFL first mate mate coming in sixth. Those just the people in the top ten. So, and we got guys yeah coming out the backside. It's ridiculous. I'm coming. I'm nine hundredth overall, nine eighty three. It takes us to how we're doing overall in fantasy. I'm nine eighty three, and I'm coming sixty eighth in my own damn overall league. So it's filth. <laughs> Anyway, Nick, how you going there, mate? Overall, uh, just under two thousand still, guys. My my descent is slow, so I'm I'm twenty one fifty nine at the moment. So a bit disappointed. Uh, Mitch, how are you, mate? Yeah, it's not going well, mate. <clears throat> I'm sitting at eight thousand three hundred twenty nine. So I'm tracking Oof. towards ten ten thousand, and it's not the type of sport where you want to be a big number. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's, uh, it's not going well. I'm glad. I'm glad I physio for a living, right? That's it. Uh, look, fortunately uh, for us, our mum has moved up to uh, five thousand six hundred seventy-four in the league. So great work, mum. And knowing the way that she plays, she's probably got a ton of trades hanging around. Jeez, could we lose again? Could she win this yeah. season again? Oh, this is filth. Yeah, yeah she'll, I, she might win head to head. Yeah, I. She's super ominous. For the, for the people at home, uh, 2020, the uh, winner of the Family League was my mum, uh, who came through and Stephen Bradbury'd everyone. He knocked me over in the friggin' final. That's it. <laughs> uh, it, it helped I pump fake you by spending all your trades for the semi when I was oh, completely out. That, 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 you know what? You should have been banned from the league for a year after telling me you had two trades and making me burn the rest of them. That was foul. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, the good news is about that one is that uh, I ran the comp after that. So that's why I haven't been kicked out yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some sheesh stats this week. Nick, it's great to have you back. So we don't just have us talking about how good, you know, so-and-so bloke was. We actually know how good they were. So take us through the big stats, mate. Go offhand Gowie, career high 58 tackles, guys, and Appy Corusau with 53. Just to back end the tackles, guys, as as well as making 53, Appy also missed 12 um, to go along with it. So, really, he, he could have really pumped out an enormous score this week if he just held on to those uh, initial contacts. Dominic Young, the uh, hat trick hero, he got 294 meters gain. Edric Lee got a five bagger, which was pretty ridiculous um, first one this oh no second one this year I think Alex Johnson might have one try assist Pappenhausen got three as well as three line break assist um, Benny Hunt had four offloads Joe Manu tackle bust king with 14 again which is just stupid Ooh, Ezra Mam 18 year old Ezra Mam 18 year old with two try saves his defense is legit he's one of the most physical like sneaky physical guys I've seen at that age like ever he doesn't seem like that good, like that strong, but he, he can just like bend guys in half. It's ridiculous for his size and age. Anyway, on to kicking. Uh, Valentine Holmes with eight goals, which is just enormous. His kicking is just phenomenal at the moment. Um, 
the way he's just striking the ball, he, he, I think he's the form kicker in the comp. Um, Chad Townsend with three force dropouts, which which always helps uh, get the win. Um, in terms of kick meters, Sam Walker, Mitch Moses, and Matty Burden were all around 540, 550. Um, uh, errors, Toby Sexton, Stu, with four errors this week. Jeez, I'm glad and, I um, penalties. Nathan Cleary, our, our king, with uh, three penalties, which isn't great, but um, which definitely hurt everyone because that would equate to six penalties because we captained him, so that's a minus 12, which, uh, which really hurts, guys. Yeah, it, it, it certainly didn't uh, didn't do great this week. So, uh, But y- you know what? The fact is, is that even with all that, he's still cracked over a 50, which is what we want in a captain, right? Like, we'd love a 90, but... The fact is, is that like over 50, you got to take it. Mate, some of our teams need him to get 70s and 80s, all right, and be captain, okay? <laughs> My team absolutely needs that. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, look, you, you should have obviously captain Nico Hines, though he's a bit of a spicy pick week to week at the moment because it, it jumps up and down a bit. Anyway, moving on. Uh, look, guys, we do have Origin on this week. Uh, big news from the New South Wales camp Jordan McLean at prop. So Payne Haas is out. Jordan McLean at prop. Uh, the rest of the team is pretty much as written uh, from game two. Jack Whiten is at 18, 18th man. Nico Hines, 19th, so he gets to go home and play. Uh, Reese Robson cracks the 22 as well, which is an indication of where he's at as a hooker this year. So you can see the Cowboys have a huge number of players involved this year. They're, they're basically calling the Panthers as far as number of players involved, which is pretty huge. Well, when you look at the two teams play at the moment, you'd have to say they're the two best teams in the NRL. Mm. Yeah, for sure, especially as the, the Storm seem to be just slowly draining of players available to play for them. Uh, all right, Queensland, a few force changes there too. They've kept their back line. Uh, intact and the halves oh, just having a look here uh, Jeremiah Nanai comes in uh, Felice Kafusi is away overseas on for personal reasons uh, that also brings in uh, Tom Gilbert another North Queensland cowboy who you know if you said at the beginning of this year Tom Gilbert would be playing Origin do you think any of you guys would have believed it? Who, who was Tom Gilbert at the start of the year? Yeah, exactly. So, for sure. So the yeah, having a look at the rest of the side, guys. How are we feeling about these Origin teams? All right. Um, so, I feel Jack White and Mate is hard done by missing out on this team. I think I've been pretty vocal in my disdain from Jerome for Jerome Luai, both on a professional and personal level. I think he's just bit of a flog uh I, I would have loved to have seen whiten or burton come into six which would have freed up one of them to play center i think you you have such talent in those two players i think both of them are origin size halves i think luai often gets exposed i know that you said uh, at huxley stew that luai did score that late try but i really felt like it was at a time where queensland had dropped off uh no no, no that was the one that started to put it away that was that uh oh, 20 to 12 that- that that put him up twenty six twelve I think it did so but that's what I'm saying yeah. so twenty twelve no one was quite sure where we were at and then he he just skipped through that line oh, I don't know I, I've got different look feelings. They're, ne- they're, ne- they're never going to break up that combination which is which is fine 
but I think Jack Whiten was the best player in Origin 1. I think he should feel pretty hard done by. I think He certainly should have, feel hard done by. You have to keep Matt Burden. He unlocked Cleary's kicking game, and he was just a terror with that boot, and I think he's pretty well locked up that centre spot for as long as he wants it. The rest of the team, you know, it, it effectively picked itself. If we quickly look at Queensland, uh, the major issue I have is the back three. I think, Nick, you pointed it out in the group chat that the back three for Queensland is a bit stinky, really. Oh, look, Murray Tuolagi is good. No, I, I like Murray Tuolagi. Like, some of the passes he gets away, the hard runs he makes. He He's one of those guys who's quicker than he looks. He's tougher than he looks. He's stronger than he looks. So, and he looks pretty strong. I, I just think that uh, they'll be spending all week, like, wh- whatever the equivalent of, uh, y- you know, with the... Uh, uh, the nets machine for cricket when they turn that thing up to express pace. Yep. They'll be getting one of those turned up to express pace to put up bombs for these guys during training this week. <laughs> Throw. Yeah, I, I just think their ability to run the ball back as well. Like you look at Toll and uh, Tupo. I mean, Tupo's not the best ball runner. I still think Adokar should be there. But you look at those two guys, they're just, they're just solid at taking those first one or two hit-ups. I just... Do not trust Tuilagi or Cobo to do that. And I think Dane Gagai, they were saying on NRL 360, has missed a bucket of tackles. I think he's another uh, question mark style player. And the other thing I would say, and we were talking about this at Huxley Stew, is Cam Munster has just looked dead after that first Origin game. I keep saying it. I wonder if he's busted a fuse. I think the week off has would have done him a bit of good and maybe he'll come out firing, but... He played at a pace that I've never seen a half play that first Origin game. And I know he had that AC joint injury, but he didn't look quite right the first half of the second Origin. Um, you know, he picked up that injury, I think, early in the second half. And I thought prior to that, he wasn't at his absolute best. So any any sort of win or victory for Queensland will hinge off Munster and the back three's ability to deal with, oh. with the high ball. I, I reckon it also might be... DC is really trying to reach deep into his bag of tricks. Like you saw him do a lot of flat kicks, a lot of wobbly kicks, just trying to force mistakes, early 40-20 attempts. Uh, If he reaches really deep into that bag of tricks, he and even Ben Hunt with some early uh, dummy half kicks could uh, turn around the game a little bit because that is something... That Appy, like Nathan Cleary has an early kick in him, but uh, Appy Coruscant and uh, doesn't. And I don't know that Damien Cook knows how to kick a ball. Oof. So there could be a yeah, bit the, there the, too. The, 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 the real difference though is those, those back three for New South Wales all ran over 200 metres easy. And the yep. back three for Queensland didn't. And it was that simple. I, I don't care if you kick early. You've still got Brian Toe, Daniel Tupu or Dane oh. Sersko running the ball back. Yeah. So, um, they, they did attempt it a couple of times on tackle three. Yeah, it was all right, but it didn't really yield them the kind of result they were hoping for. Mm. And when New South Wales did it once, it worked really well. So um, yeah. uh, the, the, I think it's got to start and sort of end there, to be honest, considering Queensland's packs looks looks weak. It just flat out does. Having Nanai just starting edge, it's not a good sign. Um, the bench isn't looking as strong as it sort of was in that game one. Um, we're worried about Munster. Um, I, I think it could be an absolute uh, s- storming over, I think. Oh. It's, it's going to be ugly for uh, Queensland. I've you got don't think Queensland will pull out? You don't think the, the Queensland will pull out one of those classic uh, underdog moments and fight tooth and nail, no. Nick? 
No, it's going to be um, Ashley Klein again. So it should be the same pace and same, same refereeing structure. So I'm anticipating New South Wales with a slightly faster ruck speed compared to game one. Game over, mate. I, I've got, uh, got a little bit of concern uh, on my side, partly due to the PDSD in origin from all the years of losing. But uh, like you got Jordan McLean in there who I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but, you know, Freddie's made his choices there. I guess you've got to trust the man. But who, who would you have gone with, Stu? It's a bit of a tough one there. Look, Daniel Saifidi no isn't fit. Regan Campbell-Gillard didn't throw it all in. And you can't pick Clemmer. No, Clemmer, you, you know what? You would pick Clemmer, except he's a toxic personality. That's, that's right. The, you can't pick him. That's you the can't issue. Pick him. That's you why. Can't, exactly. So, yeah, so, so you had to pick McLean end of the day. So, um, yeah. you know, it's only it's only starting prop. We got really good minutes off our bench. And yeah. our second and row is middles. wrong. That's true. And you second don't want to start junior middles, pool, everything. Yeah. Oh, look, and getting the most out of uh, Yo, Liam Martin, and Cam Murray... That's a 11, 12, 13. That's, that's pretty solid. <laughs> you can get 60 minutes from Gerbo as well. It's, it's no problem. You, you can get 80 minutes from Gerbo if you really 35 push 35 minutes from... Yeah, agreed. So his he, motor is pretty enormous, which is nice. Anyway, look, uh, how are we predicting this one, guys? I've got... Look, it's a bit of PTSD here. So look, I've got uh, New South Wales by eight or not at all. Uh, New South Wales by 26. Oh, huge. Okay. You've got a big blowout, Mitch. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, if it's refereed the way Nick is anticipating, I've got New South Wales by at least 20. If it's not and they get back to trying to, you know, keep NRL strong in Queensland, Queensland will win by two. Fair enough. All right. Uh, excellent. So, look, uh, that. let's move on. Uh quite a few injuries uh i'm not sure there are any broncos left fit this week mitch so how about you take me through your uh trust me on the physio segment mate that's music to my ears when i hear the dragons are playing the broncos we might get another three two points from the nrl which would be fan friggin tastic <laughs> so the first one we've got Payne Haas. so he's finally succumbed to those bilateral ac joint injuries so that's going to be at least a week or two out uh, with the timeout, I would wager Payne will actually now be able to get these shoulders right. It's a shame that Brisbane didn't do it from the start. We sort of talked about this during the first AC joint injury that I felt that they should just give him the time to get better. They didn't. He picked up an AC joint injury on the other side after having additional time on the other one out. Then he's picked up an ankle and finally, you know, as a forward who does lots of work... Uh, he, he just couldn't keep up the pace. So it's ruled him out for origin. Obviously, he's not playing uh, against St. George uh, this weekend. I think a week or two will do him a world of good and Brisbane can look towards the final. Mm. So if yeah. you have Payne Haas, look, you were expecting he wouldn't play this week. Wear it for another week. If he gets some minutes back from Carrigan, and I thought Carrigan looked a little bit off the pace the last time he played... I think he can get back to being Payne Haas. If you don't have him, just wait a week from when he comes back because we do want that one to two date rule. Now, and look, he was always round 18. He was always, he's playing in the Saturday game. It was always 50-50, right? You didn't know. 
That's right. I mean, if you held him, you held him for a reason because you were looking to play him at the end of the year. This doesn't affect it. In fact, I think it enhances his chance of having a good end to his season. If they had have kept playing him through, we would have continued to see him punch out those low 50-point games. And we know that Payne could be upwards of 65 uh, points, particularly when he's playing the minutes. So mm. not a bad thing from an owner perspective. I think it's the right thing. Awesome. Okay, who's um, next? My, 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 oh, yeah. my, my question would be, though, if they're looking at making a charge into the finals, wouldn't you wager that they would rest him at least one or two weeks heading into finals, Mitch? No, because I think he'll be right by then. It's a great question, but with those low-grade AC joint injuries, he should be okay. If it was a higher grade, if we were looking at a a high two or even a three, which we know it isn't. Yeah, they could. But I think this one to two weeks will just get him going. And you've got to remember, he hasn't playing been playing at top pace for probably the better part of the last two months, really, with the exception of that last Origin game. So mm. they probably will want to look to get his minutes up as opposed to winding it back. Now, that's assuming this one to two weeks is enough to settle it. But my feeling is it will be. And the other the other thing I'd say about that one, Nick, is Broncos are sitting fifth on twenty points, only on points differential over the Eels, uh, and then they've got the Rabbitohs and the Dragons only two points behind as well. So, and the Rabbitohs points differential is pretty favourable. So, if the Broncos don't go well over the next few weeks, they could go from up. They could push for a top four spot, but otherwise they they could all be all the way down at eighth. Which, you know, they, 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 they should be sitting somewhere between 5th and 8th. Anyway, if they want to make any sort of charge, they need to give him the rest. Tamari Martin, this is a quick one. So he's got a rib cartilage issue, exactly the same as Adam Reynolds. He'll be out for one to three weeks. Uh, much the same as Adam. He will see a decrease in line engagements and ball running, which is what we saw with Adam last week, and a drop in his points as a result. If you own Tamari... Look, you probably should have sold him a while ago, but if you do, I actually would be looking to sell because once we even factor in the week off this week plus a one or two weeks of down uh, line engagements and and uh, tackle assists or tackle busts and uh, tries, at that point, you know, the amount of cash you've lost isn't worth it. Uh, TC Rabadi, broken arm, so that'll be four to six weeks. Once he's done, he should be pretty good. Tavita Pengai Jr., so the pain train continues. He's torn his plantaris. Uh, it's looking at about three to four weeks. So very similar sort of time frames to a calf. It's really unusual. I've actually never seen one clinically, but I think that's probably more likely because I don't order an MRI for every frigging calf strand I see, whereas at the NRL they can do that. Um, once he comes back, they can be a little bit niggly. You know, it's a good opportunity for TVJ to settle down. He's back right to the start. I think finally I actually am going to trade him because I just can't tolerate three to four weeks of uh, 700K or now 650K player not playing. But just be aware that when he does come back, he probably will be a touch behind the pace because calf injuries can take a week or two once you've come back to hit peak fitness. Matt Fenai, he came off with a knee injury. He's currently named, so we're thinking like a low-grade MCL sprain, I would say. Harme Selly, a high-grade hamstring, so probably a high-grade two at this point. He's eight weeks, and that'll be pretty well the season. So see you next season, uh, oh, Harme. At least for fantasy. So he'll, well, he, he'll be right. around for finals, but yeah, for fantasy. We're a fantasy podcast, though. So for fantasy boys, born. That's it. Uh Liam Knight, ACL tear, so that's bye-bye to his season and we'll see him in 2023. 
Campbell Graham, now Stu, you and I saw this one live and we both called it as a cheek fracture. And Campbell Graham came back on and at that point I thought, geez, maybe I should consider other careers. But it does turn out that he did in fact have a fractured cheekbone. So no idea who cleared him or why they cleared him, but he was cleared to return to the field. Um, you sure you don't have an idea who cleared him? I do not. Uh, <laughs> and he'll be out for six to eight weeks. So um, there might have been limited concern that it could worsen further, but it looked pretty bad live, and I thought it swelled up pretty well by the time the physio had got out there. So oh, for, We um, were seeing it on the way out there. Like It was, it was looking Joey Manu-esque. Not as bad, it's, but... It, no, no, it certainly wasn't. Obviously, he came straight from the field, so bit of a bit of a puzzling one. I'll be sussing out as to why that occurred um, in about three weeks' time. Mark Nichols, so he's got HIA symptoms. Uh, just keep an eye on that one. Rima Smith, pec muscle, so he's re-injured his pec. Uh, that'll most likely be the season for him just because of the time it takes to recover. And uh, once you've re-injured it, they're probably not going to take too many chances with that. I wouldn't be surprised after that re-injury if they consider some type of surgical option. Final one is Corey Jensen. So that's a calf strain. He's been listed as four weeks. So we're looking at a high grade one, possibly a low two. And much the same as TPJ, just keep in mind, calves can be a bit funny. Not as bad as hamstrings, but often the first week, they're a little bit behind the pace. So if you do own Corey, that's far too long to have him uh, in your squad. You're probably looking to eject him coming into the finals. Uh, and that is the physio spoken voice. Any questions at all? Whoa. No, look, there's some implications to some of these interesting ones, like Harme Selle, the injury there, which we'll see in the team lists. Because uh, Liam Knight would kind of be somewhere in the 17, and then he's injured. And, of course, the Broncos team is just chaos, isn't it? And one th- one question I did have, the TPJ injury, the plantaris, from I was reading today, is, is this right, that uh, some people don't even have that? 10%. Gross. Okay. Percent of people. Uh, <laughs> imagine, imagine being one of those people. What do you strain then if that happens? Well, you'd strain your calf, right? Because it has the calf and the plantaris do the same thing. Gotcha. So, so you, you've got three muscles that'll do that: your soleus, your plantaris, and your gastroc. Plantaris is a weird one to strain. Uh, only friggin' TPJ could find a way to strain that, honestly. <laughs> Anything for you, Nick? No, mate. Excellent. Look, I'll do a little bit of a new segment because there's a little bit on this week. Uh, big ones are Justin Holbrook definitely seems like uh, there's a bit of an issue. As they said on the weekend, he's saying no one's spoken to me and they're calling for, you know, board meetings to discuss, which means that, uh, you know, we could see a Michael uh, Maguire type situation unfold over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the Titans have the buy this week, but it could be time for Justin Holbrook. Is anyone sick of these mid-season coaching sacks? Like, no. you've, you've effectively you've effectively rendered that team helpless for the rest of the season. Can anybody name a team that's made the finals after a coach has been sacked mid-season? I, I, I certainly can. I certainly can. There was a coach for the Panthers. They were coming forth. He got sacked. <laughs> did they make the finals? They did. He was the he's the current Dragons coach. Hook got hooked, and they were coming forth. That's Phil Gould for you. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, there you uh, go. No, but, but, but then again, after that, Phil Gould blew up that team. 
And thank goodness he did because uh, it was Matty Moylan and a few other guys who are sort of, they're either fringe first graders or they're not playing first grade at all anymore. Like Bryce Cartwright. Yep. And look at you now, you're in Nirvana. That's it. Oh, well, a lot of hard calls were made, I think, during that time. So, anyway, they they blew up the coach. Uh, next up, uh, so, so News Corner. Obviously, Adam O'Brien is safe for now, but, you know, give him a couple of bad games. Hopefully, he goes. Uh, apart from that, news is out today. Reese Walsh, according to uh, Fox slash News, expected to rejoin the Broncos. Whoa. Reject the Dolphins, reject the Warriors, come back to the... Now, obviously, the Warriors, you can put a bullet through them next season because they'll be carrying two brand-new halves. Like, Sean Johnson may or may not play, but they've got Ronald Volkman and Luke Metcalf coming there next year as their future halves pairing. Uh, Then they've also got a whole bunch of interesting players like Mitch Barnett's... Who else have they got? Uh, Dylan Walker, players like that coming... And then they've got their one star player at the back leaving. So interesting times for them. Good for the Broncos though, isn't it? They they really that really fixed fullback, I would have thought. Tamari's probably gonna get dropped. Which you know, Tamari Martin's played well, but you put Reese Walsh back there, that, that team has some serious firepower at that point. Particularly for NSA's yeah, helping. Uh well Cobo's got a future there, but if you put Reese Reese Walsh there, and then you got Cobo on one wing. He's he'll still do very well, won't he? Yeah, but he's a, he's a fullback by trade, I thought. Possibly, but I don't know. He's I, doing well on the wing, though. Like he's certainly contributing and not out of place in that spot. So if you can have Cobo and Walsh on the same team, why the hell not? And then might train up Cobo as a centre, ally Greg Inglis. Well, they're, so, the, they're the same age as all. It's not like Walsh is five years ahead, you know what I mean? It's the same age, so. Anyway, I would be um, asking for Elise Vals Cobo, considering he just resigned, if uh, Reese Walsh is coming in, because I've no doubt other teams would want Cobo as their fullback, uh, they, just to have a bit of talent back there. Well, especially he dropped 200 grand a year to stay, so. Oh. Yeah, look, he's a bit hard done by, uh, for sure, but, you know, if they did retrain him as a centre. You know, you could have a could have the sort of situation like you have at the Panthers with uh, Dylan Edwards, Stephen Crichton. Anyway, uh, so that's that's the other big news this week, and of course we come to our naughty corner. Another bit of reasonably sized news: Jared Wallace got Grade Two dangerous throw for his uh, for his high tackle. I oh, say not high tackle, spear tackle, really. Uh, so he's going to get two weeks. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer bloke, Jared. Uh, I'm sure you'll be enjoying the sights of gold, the Gold Coast. And <laughs> Kelma Tuolagi, uh, grade one dangerous contact, gets a fine. Uh, that's pretty much it from the naughty corner this week. So let's just kick us along very quickly. Uh, one thing we all got the wrong. Uh, look, last week, I don't think I got anything particularly wrong. I actually got a pretty damn solid score. Uh, but this week, I worked out I have four players. So I think next week I'll have a lot to talk about. Nick? Um, I brought in Tyson Frizzell last week in anticipation for this week um, and they're versing the Titans, I think. So mm. 
I thought it'd be a bit of an easy easy 60 or so points, and he didn't pop like I was hoping with the 30-odd. So, oh, well, you win some, you lose some. Mitch, what'd you get wrong? I stayed on the TPJ train. I didn't have the trades, and <laughs> and, I, and I trusted TPJ, and it's been the most anti-Mitch move of my entire fantasy career. Um, I blame Stu, and it just, it just sucks. <laughs> Oh, mate, I got out on time. Look, the, the answer is that you always know with TPJ, if you bring him in, trade him in, you need to hold a trade to trade him out. So, like, you just got to have it in your back pocket because it might go sideways, and it has. Oh, well. Sideways, it went backwards. Okay. Backwards. Fair enough. Look. <laughs> oh, it's I, easy for you to say. No, nah, it's not <laughs> easy for me to say. Uh, uh, mate, I had to sell him too. I've I've had a few reversals this year. I've the only reason why I think I've done all right is that I've been very trigger happy, which will come back to probably bite me around round twenty two. Also, which is when I'm projecting that I will be very squeaky tight on trades. Anyway, mo- hopefully I'll be winning everything by then. Uh look, let's get to one of the big features this week, which I'm I'm really quite interested in, Nick. You've done quite the big strength of schedule thing for us. So, mate, really interested to hear what your thoughts are for the strength of schedule. So, preseason, guys, for our, our true avid listeners, I don't know if there's any of you left from the preseason, but I did a uh, preseason strength of schedule. And the summary of that, uh, based upon the projections of the performance of the team, was that um, the Tigers. Um, sea Eagles, Titans, Roosters, Dragons. Those were the type of teams that had really strong schedules at the beginning of the year. Um, now, uh, as the time's gone on and injuries and performance from different teams, it, it's, I've done a recalculation um, of round 18 onwards. So from round 18 onwards, number one now is the Seagulls. So they were second and now they're still first. The Knights have moved from fifth to, to second. And... Uh, the big two winners, guys, uh, the Broncos and Raiders, in my recalculations. So um, just to do a little bit of a dive, that means you're sort of looking at attacking players. So you consider Adam Reynolds, Jack Whiten, um, and then sort of your attacking forwards, you're looking at your Joe Tarpanes, Hudson Young. Um, you could even look at a Tony Staggs from those two teams. Um, I've also written Carrigan here, but he's not really attacking forward. Um, <clears throat> anyway... Um, in terms of uh, big losers, guys, the Tigers are the biggest loser. So they had, as I mentioned before, the easiest, and now they've gone all the way down to 12th. Um, and, and that's based upon uh, just the recalculation of the performance of the teams they're versing. So I'm sort that's of looking at... That's a big recalculation. Often. Or is well, it just yeah, so t- turned around a lot the, due to the fact that some sides have really picked up like the Cowboys this year? Exactly. So um, when you look at the teams that we thought would be crappy we thought the broncos the cowboys um the warriors the tigers dragons we thought they'd be not very good um broncos and cowboys have really exceeded expectations um this year obviously the knights are getting healthy now so they've been pretty average obviously all year but they're finally getting healthy we've got jayden braley back this week um brad best there's lots of inclusions and they've been very in and out with their forward pack climb and this fine as well. So, um, and the Dragons, they seem surprisingly determined. Even though I thought they'd get the spoon this year, they just keep turning up. And 
Um, whilst they don't have any superstars necessarily on the team, they don't play many bad players, if that makes sense. So, um, uh, so when you look at the easy beats heading into the back end of the year, guys, we sort of think of the Titans, Tigers, and maybe the Bulldogs would be the ones where you can really put up some cricket scores. Any objections to those three teams, or would you add any Warriors. other teams to those? Because the Warriors, well, are in the... no. I Although they the they did back in they the did look a lot better at home. They looked a lot better. No, remember they were mm. playing the Tigers. We cannot take anything away from Tigers games, right? You but cannot. they were home. Uh, and that, so, that makes us feel great. So the, War- the Warriors have been on the road for three years, so they're finally back home and they have a home field advantage again. So I'm sort of tipping them to have a bit of a renaissance. Not. They're obviously not a good team, but I'm saying they're not a cricket score team necessarily. Right? Okay. Well, I'm just saying that only one team's had 70 run up on them this year, and it was the Warriors. That's my concern with that mm. team. So I, I, I agree. I agree. So um, looking at the last five games in particular, I think the Knights may have the best last five because they've got the Tigers away, the Broncos away, the Raiders home, the Titans away, and the Sharks home. So they've got... In terms of um, bad teams, I've got the Tigers and Titans in there. Um, we And the, the other teams are versing. None of them are real juggernauts, really. So there's no Panthers or Storm. Um, obviously, the Sharks are right, but they've got them at home at least. So um, the Knights are probably the best last five that I've seen, um, uh, according to my the numbers I've run. In terms of uh, teams where the forwards you may want to target, so these are teams with sort of the hardest schedules now, um, we're looking at the Rabbitohs and the Warriors. So um, because they've got the hardest schedule, I'm sort of thinking their forwards have to make the most tackles. So I'm looking at Cook, um, Murray, Tohu, Jai Arrow, and Josh Curran um, from those two teams. And if you've, if you've got these guys in your team, you're probably... Yeah, a bit of a nong, but if you got them, I'd, I'd reconsider Reese Walsh, Sean Johnson, and Cody Walker. If they're in your team, I'd just reconsider them in the back end of the year um, because they are not likely to pop off like you'd probably hope. Um, and the Seagulls are another team to have a look at, guys. So mm, um, okay. they should be good from a good from attacking point of view. So I'm sort of thinking DCE. I know we, he's a keeper, but and he's a top tier keeper, but. Uh, I think he'll pick it up over the back end of the year, and with no turbo, um, I would, I would somewhat want to hold on to Talatar Kula um, or Kola because um, he seems to pe- keep growing into his role, and um, and I, and Manly should be going better, so I, I'd be considering holding him. And the last takeaway, guys, is you don't want your players to versus the Panthers. So um, <laughs> looking through, um, <clears throat> who's versing the Panthers? Now, the Panthers in the last five, they versed the Raiders, the Storm, the Rabbitohs, the Warriors, and the Cowboys. So if you pick up a Cowboy player, just keep in mind you're versing the Panthers in the last round, same as the Warriors, the Rabbitohs, and the Storm and Raiders. So um, no one puts up big points against the Panthers. The defense is just too good. Probably a point to consider with that Panthers one for the Cowboys is with the way the Panthers are... Uh, heading with their wins, they might rest their entire team for that last round. They might. Uh, they might have learnt from last they year. They haven't done they that historically, though. No, they didn't. But they, then they got sprung by the Rabbitohs. Remember, they played everyone versus the Eels. Yep. And then they mm-hmm. looked a little bit undercooked versus the Rabbitohs, and then they had to win the hard way through the rest of the season. So, I, I guess it's definitely worth a wait and see to see how they go. 
the the really interesting thing for me as well is the uh, the a few players I remember who have put up good scores against the Panthers because not many have were two that you mentioned as really good defensive players and they were Damien Cook and Cam Murray. So yeah, they're they're, they're two of the guys who really pop off this schedule here. So um, if I had to pick like a top five guys I look for now, Adam Reynolds would be one. Um, Damian Cook, another, Cam Murray, mm-hmm. um, Daly Cherry Evans. And if I had to pick a last one, I'd probably be looking at, you know, uh, White and Tarpanay or Hudson Young, depending upon what your team needs necessarily. Or right. Joe and Gowie, sorry. Yeah. Joe and Gowie would certainly be a pod pod option there simply due to the fact that uh, the, the he seems to make that 13 spot with big minutes his own. And Alex Twal being mm-hmm. gone, he was the only real competition mm-hmm. for 13. Mm. Because and part of the issue is is the Tigers are looking for so much in attack at the moment. Last week, they were playing four halves in the middle. At one point, they had uh, <laughs> I think at one point they had Dewey, they had uh, Fanua Brown, they had uh, Brooks, Hastings, and someone else. Like all playing in the middle, it's like everyone mm. wants to pass the ball. No one wants to run it. So Joe and Gary just kept on tackling. Anyway. Someone's going to make him, mate. That's it. No, look, that's that's really strong. Like, I really like that. So we'll make sure we, we put I'll, those I'll up I'll put up well. a, a post summarizing all those types of things, guys. So you can just reference that um, when you're looking at your trades this week. For sure. And look, we're not. I know we're not talking about this week, but I did like the look of Josh Curran on the weekend. Uh, they're not playing this week, so he's not necessarily mentioned, but a 49... Uh, pretty decent. All right. Uh, so, Mitch, any thoughts about the schedule? I just think it was fantastic work, guys. The order of how I figure out players to pick is Nick's eye test, the strengths of schedule, and injuries. So, if you're going to factor in your run home, particularly if you're a head-to-head player, the strength of schedule means a lot. Uh, and it's always important to kind of find those teams that aren't necessarily first and second. Uh, so that'll most likely be the, the Panthers and the Storm because they're most likely going to rest their players. So it's good to know which teams from third to 16th uh, have the easier run because that can make all the difference for your attacking players. So that's that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, fair enough. Uh, other interesting fact is that a lot of head-to-head rounds finish around 24 or 25. So having having a look at this, the Sharks versus the Bulldogs. Uh, who else have we got here? The Dragons versus the Tigers and the uh, Knights versus the Titans. There could be some good Maybe guys. the Dragons are irrelevant on fantasy, huh? That's true. And if you're round 25, like Stuart's Chaos Mode, Seagulls versus Bulldogs. And the Seagulls will probably still be pushing for a final spot at that point. So, yep. Mm. We, so, okay, I think I'm firming up on DC and Murray. Uh, excellent. Assuming they make it through Origin. Uh, okay. So look, let's look at week 17. I've got week 13 here. Let's go with week 17 games. So look, pick us up on Thursday night. We have what in, if this, I don't know why this is in the buy round, but whatever, NRL. Uh, we have the Sharks versus the Storm. So it should be a good game down at Shark Park. So might I might go down and watch this game live because it should be a pretty damn good game. Uh, as long as the weather is not like it has been lately with the water coming in sideways, including into my house. 
So uh, look, for the Sharks team, only one change. Connor Tracy moves into centres for CSC for Talakai, who is playing Origin. Braden Trindle is 18th man. Nick, what's happening with the Storm? A lot of action. Um, we'll see what it's actually like game time because the Storm made a few mo- uh, movements last week. But at this stage, Nick Meany moves to the wing, uh, from from the wing to 5'8", uh, to replace Cam Munster, who's out with Origin. Jerry Nickarima failed to deliver. Uh, he was terrible against the Seagulls. He was. Um, he, it, oh, it was, he hasn't played for six years, I don't think. No, if we'll get another run again. Dean Aramaya comes onto the wing, and Brandon Smith is in the nine with ha- uh, Harry Grant playing Origin as well. Josh King goes to lock, and Nelson Osofa Solomon start at prop. Tui Kamakamitha is on the bench, and Tyron Wishart and Jordan Grant have been promoted to the bench. So, um, a few changes there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more on kickoff, um, particularly. I don't know, that forward rotation, they like to just swap their props and all that sort of stuff. So, anyway. For sure. And look, I'm glad that they're continuing not to play Jack Howarth. So, but he's one of those guys who I'm hoping that they prep him, leave him up for next year for a nice cheap buy for us at home mm. when they lose uh, the Bromwich boys. Awesome. Uh, How does uh, Cooper Johns feel not getting a run in origin with them? <laughs> With Munster out, like they're just persevering with anyone else but him, I guess. So anyway. he's not in the twenty-two. They got Tyson Smoothie nah. in ahead of him and Jaden Nicker. Yeah. Oh, mate, if if you're Cooper Johns, surely you'd be pushing to play anywhere else. Like, because the Melbourne system, as much as people are like, oh, the Melbourne system, like if you don't fit that mold, you're just chewed up and spat out. So. He's not on the injury list either, so I, I don't know. We'll just wait and see. Anyway, I'll get uh, cracky on, guys. Will Kennedy. I um, cheekily picked him up last week. He's 278k, 36 uh, fantasy points last week, and he's got a two break even. I think absolutely bring him in as a cash out slash late season cash cow, depending upon how you want to see him. Um, last week was definitely the week, but it isn't too late if you have the trades um, and you already have your Volkmans and everything like that. Um, after scores of minus six and minus four, famously. Um, he's put up a 20, a 42, and a 36, so he seems to be back to normal. He's still trading at a 221 discount on a starting price, so I have him as a buy. Um, now, I don't disagree, mate. but uh, hold on. Nick, Will Kennedy, question mm-hmm. for you. Uh, would you pick him or Ronald Volkman as your player running towards the end of the year? Um, I'd pick, if you don't have Volkman, I'd pick up Will Kennedy because he plays this week. Excellent. So you reckon that that actually and game. the Warriors have and Warriors have a terrible run home. Really? Okay. What? what what's the Warriors schedule like, mate? It's the worst. Okay. Sixteenth. Harder schedule. Rabbitohs, Bulldogs. Oh yeah, that's pretty filthy. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Mitch, to interrupt you. Who have you got, mate? Mate, I got two. Uh, we're bringing him back out of the attic, Brandon Smith. So. He finally cracked out 57 points, and I'd lost patience with, with him, so he's sitting on my emergency. <laughs> so he's sitting at a 16 break even. He's 414k and finally has a score that we could actually talk about. The thing about Brandon was I thought he looked better running the ball. I thought he was more effective in tackling, but I just don't trust the minutes, Stu. Um, Certainly a two-date rule. I would need to see it again from Brandon uh, this week. Do you have any thoughts in addition to that? Uh, look, Brandon Smith, he's, it's inflated a little bit by that strip try that he got. 
Uh, I do think, however, is that with this going on, he was in a, in a little bit of the bad books for selling next year and for his behaviour and everything else with the storm, and so he's getting a little bit less time. I don't think they can do that with him anymore. They're just there is just not enough troops around the storm. Uh, so I reckon that to to keep up their team, we will see a bit more Brendan Smith. Whether that translates or not, I'm not sure. But look, if you need a mid, there I can't, and you're willing to have a punt. I can't see a guy less than 600k who's a better punt. So if you got the extra money, go Tal Malolo. But if you just if you're having a punt for this week and then park him after that after the Origin boys come back. Brands, he's not the worst choice. Uh, I, I, he's, he certainly passed the eye test. He did. He looked good. And he's one of the few forwards who's actually got to try on him. He really does know how to find the line, cheekily. Nick, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm pretty sold. I agree. Passes the eye test. He looks to um, <clears throat> be more himself again. Um, the Storm are getting healthier. So slightly in that four pack with a bit more go forward um yeah I, I think he's a good buy with the dpp as well a bit cheeky so yeah i'm in the other one i've got boys is ryan pappenhausen now he had 53 points but up until about 15 20 minutes to go he was sitting in eight now nick mm. how are you feeling at that point because Great. i told Excellent. i told you not to get in i told you not nah. to do it yeah, no, nah, I had to do it. It was uh, planning for this week, and um, I'm glad I did it. Did it uh, cashed out um, Cobo, so I know he scored well, but Cobo is not playing this week, and Paps is, so that's why I saw it. Um, and Paps is a keeper, so I think he still passed the eye test, don't you think? Even before that flurry tries, like he looked very involved. He did. He still looked a step behind, but I think I said mm. three weeks. I think he'll be pretty close to go. I think we'll see 90 to 95% of Paps this week, 100% the week after. But if you did pick him up earlier or you wanted to get him this week, I don't think he'd get your pants pulled down. That is a get-out-of-jail card, uh, get-out-of-jail-free card, wasn't it, this week? with Paps hey, I was looking at us. it. I, I, I was a little upset knowing that you listened to the podcast <laughs> that you picked him up anyway after I said don't do it and look I was, I was wrong in the end but I was only wrong because Manly don't know how to close out a freaking game you were oh. right for 70 minutes just not the full uh, 80 yeah <laughs> oh, look it was absolute filth those last five minutes or so so that game was filth though like Manly kept dropping the ball and then Melbourne were like they looked discombobulated in attack and their defense the edge defense was rubbish and oh like I'm surprised Desi yeah. didn't pull off the door even though they won both of them like Des and Craig should just walked away and gone home seriously like yeah. the team wanted to win take, that. Let, 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 take the team bus home too make them walk no dead set literally <laughs> Catch 100% with the fans yeah, yeah. after that one both alright Stu who you got, mate? Look, real quick, Nico Hines. Look, I don't think there's an easier captaincy choice this round. Uh, get on the Nico train. Uh, Isaiah Pabli has been a bit up and down. He was the only real threat. So, Nico Hines. A couple of interesting ones this week. I'll start with uh, Jesse Ramian. So, with, you know, a lot of people have Matt Burton. And if you don't, you're probably a bit hard done by. But as one centre, and the second centre is a bit up in the air or you know 
in reserves if you're trying to feel like you're 17. Jesse Raymond got 50 points on the weekend. He's got a 40 break even, 557k. So he had a good week last week. And he seems to be in the good books. He seems to put away the silly tackles, which got him suspended for quite a few weeks. He will see better ball with Talakai out. And his average of 42 is very good. Um, And the other thing is this week, especially, plenty of wide ball to go his way because the storm looks so bad on the edges on the weekend. Um, And yeah, I guess another point, sad that Talakai isn't playing because with the edge defense this bag, he could have got another century, right? Anyway. Maybe. 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 Okay, the other guy I've got, Jerome Hughes, 598k, 44 points with a 44 break even. So he's a possible option for your second or probably third half with Cam Smith busted because I'm recommending that you have at least one decent half to uh, wrap out the year on your bench somewhere. Uh, And he's probably the best buy this week in terms of just value for like points per dollar uh, in there so look Adam Reynolds will probably push him for total score if he has a good game Uh, but Jerome Hughes uh, I reckon he'll look pretty good what do you guys think about Jerome Mitch? I picked him up last week I think Cam Munster as I said a few times may have busted a fuse Jerome will most likely take the reins over the next three to four weeks in that little post-origin period as Cam gets back up to full fitness. You might see a little bit of a dip in performance there after an incoming back to where he was earlier in the season. But heck, I reckon you could pick up a cheeky, you know, 60 to 75k plus the points and then you could just trade sideways if you absolutely had to. But I think Jerome at 600 is too good to resist. Like it. Uh, Nick, do you disagree or...? No, nah, not at all. Nah, he's a good pickup. He's cheap. Excellent. I did hear you talking about it before the podcast that you wanted to pick him up. Just want to make sure that you were feeding the good oil to the team. <laughs> okay. So what are we looking at the score this week? I've got the Storm by seven, but you know we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Mitch, uh, Sharkies by twelve at home, uh, I believe. With the wind, the weather, the storm look busted honestly they're lucky they played manly and manly don't know how to close the game they were awful the storm was not good no they weren't uh and they were playing a team which all they know how to score is to run around the edges right manly don't go through the middle uh especially with no turbo uh nick what have you got ducks by four guys i think it'll be close it'll be a good game um as she said what the hell the nrl thinking putting this in round 17 anyway yeah fair enough I'm just going to pull up the weather report for actually next week because uh, this might actually affect that game because we, as we know, <laughs> who was watching the game at win on the weekend? Me. I watched that. That was so mm. filthy with that 70 kilometer an hour win. If uh, having a look here, Thursday, okay, it's not looking too bad. So Thursday, uh, win 31 kilometers an hour. So probably be closer to 45, 50 kilometers an hour down at Shark Park. It wet, rainy, uh, 70% chance of rain. Yeah, it's going to be a filthy game, guys. Should be good to watch at home. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, Friday game, guys. So, Nick, how about you take us away with the team? The Knights have named uh, Jaden Brelly to come back on uh, on the bench uh, for his first game of the season after doing his Achilles in the preseason. 
Bradman Best returns from that gruesome elbow injury. Um, so he replaces Dan Gagai, who's in um, Origin. Uh, Simi Sasagi drops down to the 18th man. Excellent. Mitch, what's happening to the Rabbitohs? Plenty of action. Mate, so Campbell Graham with his facial fracture has been replaced by Tane Mill. Tom Burgess comes in for Harme Selly with that hamstring injury. Davey Miley joins the bench. You've got Havili gets a start with Damien Cook in Blues camp. Uh, alongside Cam Murray, who has been replaced by Mark Nichols at lock. Blake Taff and Michael Cheekham join the bench. And Roosters recruit Daniel Sulaka Fafida is the 18th man. That's it. He came across this week, so expect him to pick up some minutes over the next few weeks. So hopefully not enough to spoil him for next year. All right, Mitch, uh, take us away, mate. Uh, what's happening with Big Latrell? Well, it was one we were looking at last week, wasn't it? Latrell Mitchell, he had 43 points. His kicking was on point for goal. As we expected, you know, Latrell is the sort of player that does like to pop up. He's got some of the better timing in the league as far as his uh, line engagement and attacking plays. But just at different stages, I thought went missing, particularly in a game where the, the, the Rabbitohs just dominated the Eels up the middle. I feel like a more fit Latrell possibly would have been there more often. That said, when he touched the ball, he looked reasonably good. As we predicted, I thought his uh, ability to find that extra stride or that extra yard on takeoff wasn't quite where we'd want it to be, but certainly didn't seem ridiculously impeded. And I think he admitted it at the end of the game. He's just, you know, two or three yards off as far as his overall fitness goes. So if you're looking to get Latrell, it's not this week. It's probably not next week. It might be the week after when that break-even balances out, if you're looking to get him at all. Uh, and that would just sort of depend on where you felt the Rabbitohs were at. But he, he certainly did make a difference to them straight off the bat, I thought. Having that attacking threat out the back there changed the left-edge attack for the Rabbitohs, which has really missed it through the majority of the season. Hmm, interesting. All right. So, yeah, look, I, I've definitely got... Uh... Latrell a couple more weeks before you get really sure to pick him up especially because he's not really a base stat type of guy he's not getting 35 points worth of running and a few tackles no. like Dylan Edwards he's not a workhorse so you're really banking you're really betting on the Rabbitohs and if we come back up to Nick's strength of schedule uh, the Rabbitohs sits uh, not good don't touch him mm. it's one of the worst ones the 15th hardest schedule excellent alright Nick uh, speaking of uh, the bunnies, mate, who have you got? Mate, your mate, Isaiah Tass, 346k. He bunged out a 48 with a five break even. I don't think he passes the eye test. The bunnies game was an ugly affair against the Eels, and I wouldn't take anything from it. I'm avoiding. So, I, personally, I've been burnt from Isaiah Tass already this year. I'm not doing it again. I'm avoiding. He's not basement price, so you can get better cash down options, and I think you need to squeeze every cent out of those because the idea of a cash down is that you are able to cash up somewhere else to a to a gun and an absolute boom type of player. But I just don't see any point as I bring Zotas in at this price point. Any uh, objections? No, definitely not from me. Uh, any objections? Look, I've got him as, like, it's a very soft buy because uh, he, he did play decently well. He got the try. He ran hard. And he got Campbell Green at 4-8 to eight with that cheekbone fracture. So... You've got, you've got a reasonable chance of him getting some decent time on the field. He's just 346k. There are some 
different options around that price that you either really do want to cash down to like a Volkman or a Will Kennedy and rather than uh, muck around with him uh, just make sure that in your uh, reserve somewhere you do have a center so you don't get caught out uh, so yeah no not too much disagreement there how about Tyson Frizzell mate what are we thinking He's 639k. He bunged out a 39, as I mentioned earlier, and his break-even is pretty high, 67. So I'm only bringing him up because he's uh, playing this week. It's a rough week uh, considering they're versing the Titans. So um, the Titans are under oodles of pressure. So I just thought that the Knights, particularly Frizzell, would smash him. Um, he didn't quite get as much tackling in and in this match, and he missed a high five missed tackles, which was disappointing. His career is 1.6 missed tackles, so it was very unlike him. I don't know if you watched the game, Mitch, but he just didn't quite seem like his um, bulldozing self. Um, I did, I I did watch can... the game, mate, and I agree. Mm. Yeah, I, I was a bit worried from what I saw after bringing him in. Um, uh, just going re- regression to the mean, I'm, I'm thinking he can bank on seven points just back in the kitty if he makes his tackles. Um I'd be tempted to buy because, like, historically, Frizz is, is just an absolute weapon. Um, he's a mid-700K player historically. So, um, and importantly, as I mentioned earlier, the Knights are getting healthy, guys. So, you know, Tyson Frizzell will be getting better ball um, in better field position and, and shouldn't have to do um, as much um, one-on-one type of work and... Um, with better players around him. So I'm, I am think he's a really soft buy only because he's playing this week. Um, what do you have, Stu? Uh, look, I, Mitch Barnett, another is Look, the Knights, they were absolutely toweling up uh, the Titans on the edges, right? And then during the comeback, they were sort of cut up through the middle. So that's why I think Mitch Barnett, he got another 39 points just due to the fact that they weren't getting much ball in attack just some run meters and then the balls went out wide and Edric Lee scored you know five tries so Dom Young scored another like they've the two wingers went to absolute town last week so Mitch Barnett got 39 but you know in a team that dominant you can't expect much more I was down 10 to 15 tackles and he did miss a couple along the way as they were getting cut up by AJ Brimson essentially for about 20 minutes uh so look he is still 592k he's in that spot where you know a few players if you bust or whatever else he's still playing this week i have him as a buy any objections no i own him he's a strong buyer i think still yep so look he's maintained the rage and the fact that i'm having a look at the side here lachlan fitzgibbon's named at 20 right that's a pretty strong indication that Lachlan Fitzgibbon is not coming back anytime soon. Jake Clifford's all the way out at 22. Gross. Uh, and it's it's not going to get easier. All right. So, guys, uh, who do we have winning this one? So, we got a Murray and Cookless Rabbitohs versus a Ponga and Gagai-less Knights. How are we feeling? Nick? Well, oh, Nick, you go. Sorry, mate. Oh, Knights by six. What do you got, Mitch? Mate, I'm the same. You look at uh, losing Murray and Cook, that really hurts the Rabbitohs. And I haven't felt like they've been good all year, but the one bit that has been good is those two guys. And not having Ponga actually might make the Knights better. <laughs> uh, it's Tex totally, Hoy, mate. Totally. It's Tex Hoy. <laughs> yeah, and? That's no. something, mate. 
Oh, no. Out of all the players, it wouldn't be better. Ra- you've Pong got Rab- punish me. What, what have you got, Stu? Uh, look, I've actually... I reckon that the Knights were flattered by their opponents last week. They've been pretty poor. Uh, so I, I reckon that the I Rabbits... I would say the same of the Rabbits. They were, but they won by <laughs> thir- 24. So, look, I will have the Rabbitohs up uh, by a pretty significant margin. I've got them up by 18. Oh, that's almost worth a sandwich. Look, uh, I'll take the line. What's the line? Does anyone know? The line, or oh, just a win-loss? No, 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 no. That's head-to-head. No way. I'll, <laughs> I'd want I'd want a six-point head start. Yeah, I'll probably give you that too. That's fine. You already owe me one. Why not owe me two? Excellent. Uh, all right. So, uh, last, next one is uh, Saturday. Line's five and a half, by the way. There you go. That's fair. I'll take that. That's fine. That's juicy. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I'm in. I've got to win my sandwich back. <laughs> You're not going to win your sandwich back. The pongerless knights are coming for you, mate. Oh, they're going to get <laughs> flogged. Anyway. They'll be, they'll be a different team. <laughs> be like seeing the eels without Mitch Moses. They might actually have someone who could competently leave them around the park. I don't uh, know. You, you know what? I was actually thinking that the other day. If they had... You know when Gutho went on that tear last year when Mitch Moses was out? And he, he had, like, a few good games. So he was kicking the ball, running close to the line. I I reckon, yeah, he he would really perform in that team if Mitch Moses had a few weeks off. Here's my comparison. The Roosters were a good team. They got rid of Mitchell Pearce. They won two premierships. I reckon something similar would probably happen to the Eels if they dropped Mitchell Moses and brought in someone like uh, Cameron Munster. Interesting. All right, let's get back to... Uh, the next game, which is Saturday, uh, West Tigers versus the Eels. And as we know, last time this ended in uh, controversy. Nick, what's happening with the Tigers? Adam Dwayne will start for the first time of the season in the centres as Luke Brooks survives the axe another week somehow. My God. Um, James Timeout Calf returns as uh, Alex Seafast drops out of... Uh, drops out. And Fanua Pohl holds his spot on the bench. Uh... I don't, I've never heard of this guy before. Justin Matamua. <laughs> Matamua. <laughs> Will debut for the bench of Jacob Little, who returns to 17, and James Roberts has been dropped. There's a lot of changes. My goodness. Uh, uh, Brett Kamali's just going, what the hell? He, he has no idea, I think, at the moment, and because this team is all misweighted, right? And the best part about this is uh, Tyrone Peachy, who's on... I want to say 600. Oh, pro- pro- actually, oh. no, it's probably 450, right? So I'm 450K. He can't make the 22 in a side which is basically paying people that, like, I reckon NRL scouts haven't heard of some of these guys. Austin Man, I, Diaz. I haven't heard of half a dozen of them, yeah. Asu Kapoa. Jock, Jock Madden we have heard of, but, like, there's some dudes in here, man. Anyway, so uh, let's go to the other side of the ledger. Mitch, what's happening with the eel? All the Eels, uh, Marata Nikokore starts at prop with Junior Polo or Paolo as he wants to be known now on New South Wales duties and Ryan Madison uh, with that rib injury returns at lock. Fullback Clint Gutherson is in the blue squad but will play as he is not in the 18. Yeah, nice there. Okay, Mitch, lead us off, mate. Who are we looking at? Uh, quick one here guys Isaiah Papali just the 40 points which really stung because I brought him in last week he now sits at 790k I think he had a drop stew of around 30 to 40k with that score 
He's a, he's still a hard buy, guys. He's probably the best second row in the entire NRL. I think he was really a victim of an Eels team that was totally inept in their ability to move the ball and actually utilize him. He's a, as I said, he's one of the best keepers in the game. It's an aberration. I would wager that he's probably going to have 80 plus points this week against a Tigers team that has completely packed it in. Um, I actually am going to captain him this week. I think I think he'll he'll explode, and we know he had that sort of lull in lock. We've got uh, Ryan Madison there, and it looks like he secured that role. Isaiah Papali in the number twelve jersey will score points, and against this Tigers team, he will score a lot of points. You're making me nervous. Okay, fair enough. Isaiah Papali, I was going to leave him out this week. I was just going to take the hit, not bring him in. But I don't know, Nick. How are you feeling about Isaiah Papali? Do you reckon he's he bounced back to form this week? I was hoping he bounced back last week, but uh-huh. anyway, you know, it's it's a lottery. He, he was absolutely gangbusters and he, he vaulted me up the ranks and now he's really hurting me and bleeding cash. So, oh, well, um, hopefully he settles back into his edge role and uh, goes from there and starts obliterating people again. True. He definitely still passes the eye test. It's just the role in minutes, right? Uh, and, and, and the ball service from his all-star halfback. That's the issue is that last week he was back to his spot, but they got tuned up. So, yep. but he still got 40 on a team that was getting trounced. So, yep. he, in he, 70 he, minutes, he though, though, yeah. yeah. But, like, like he, he's, he's, he's maintaining the rage. He's not going to get a 20, right? So, like, no. the, the fact that his floor is basically a 40, that's, yeah, he's got to be worth a buy at some point. Hmm. Yeah, oh, if you don't have him, I strongly consider him every single week. That's um, 790k. Just, that's the bargain, I have been since really? week one. <laughs> mm. Sean Lane, guys, just under 700K. 64 this week, and he's got a 39 break-even. So he's averaging... This is crazy, guys. I, I had to double-check it. He's averaging 60 over his last five. Gross. 60, Sean Lane. That's insane. And he's only 1.5% ownership. So over the last five games, he's got a try assist each game, well, on average. 34 tackles, 1.4 offloads to hand, 131 metres gain. So nothing's ridiculous. It's just a lot of good stuff. And not many um, ne- negatives to go around. So he's locked down that left edge. And uh, he's a he's a really nice pod. So he plays this week. That's the only reason why we brought him up, guys. Um, does he interest you, Mitch? Uh, not at this point. I just don't have the trades. But if I did, he's a very interesting pod. Would have been better to get him maybe after two of those 60-point rounds. But I think, Stu, you and I were saying out at Huxley's that we did think he had looked pretty good and he'd flown under our radar. And he certainly had, I think think we mentioned from time to time, but we kind of had like a bit of, or oh, a fair bit of preconceived bias about Sean Lane. Uh, my question for you, Nick, you've got him as a buy here. Would you take him over Frizzell or not? Um, Frizzell's a little cheaper. I think he's 60 grand cheaper. Yep. Yep. Um, which I think would factor into it. Um, look, I... Th- Believe it or not, I think Sean Lane's a known commodity here. I think 60 over five games is a good sample. They're against good teams too. Um, so good and bad teams. So it's not like it was just telling people up. He's very consistent. Um, so look, if you can afford it, I, I, I can't go past Sean Lane, if I'm honest. Like the, it just speaks for itself and he's a pod. So, um, But I'm a sucker for Frizzell personally as a Dragons fan. Anyway, um, far money... Oh, can, Sorry? Can, can I jump here? 
can you talk about the other guy, the other eel that you've got here, mate? Because he's another person that people might be thinking of bringing in as opposed to oh, Sean Lane this week because he's DPP. Don't do it, guys. Ryan Madison, 827K. He didn't play last week and he's got a 74 break even. So he didn't play last week because he had that rib cartilage issue, um, which is not great to hear for someone that likes to run quite upright and likes to offload with exposed ribs. Um, I think there's options for less money and less risk personally. Um, so I've just got him as a hard avoid. He's just so expensive. If you really wanted to bring someone in, bring someone in cheaper or just like hold your ammo and bring in Murray next week. Like, honestly, I just don't see the need to bring in Ryan Madison at this stage. Fair Stu? enough. Uh, oh, look, I want to hear from Mitch, that root cut the issue, mate. Uh, how, how do you reckon he'll be feeling this week running in and uh, yeah, exposing those ribs to get those offloads? Just like Adam Reynolds, reduced line engagements, reduced tackle busts, reduced tries. He's going to try and play more of a ball-playing role. His points are going to be right down. He's not going to have as many offloads. Wouldn't touch him for at least two to three weeks. Excellent. Let's Ooh, put the line through Ryan Madison. Well, that's what I want to know, right? So mm. problem solved. Get it from the expert. And uh, you had the points. He has the, like, between the two of you, you've absolutely slapped him. Ryan Madison. Now, now and Mitchell Brown say you shit. Point. <laughs> <laughs> Crack a ninety. Uh, <laughs> against the Tigers, he could too. He could just run through. Yeah, he, he easily could. Um, Farmanu Brown, guys, three hundred twenty-one, three hundred twenty-seven k. So he's pretty cheap. He cracked a forty-one in about forty-six minutes. He's got a fourteen break-even. So Stu's brought him up here because he's a starting hooker for the Tigers. Um, he's come out of the blocks uh, as well since his return to the NRL. So he's a very, very nice option, I think. He's clearly got the upside. Um, but like Will Kennedy, right, I think he sort of missed out on him because he's not you're not really cashing down all that much um, to get real value. I think he's definite uh, backup option in year 21, but obviously don't bank on him in year 17. Um, I th- just think proceed with caution, guys. It's the Tigers. You've got Little on the bench there. We don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Like, clearly he can produce points per minute. There's no problem with that. Um, I just think it's a really risky play. It could pay off, but I, I personally won't be going there. Okay. Um, okay. Mitch, okay. would you okay. be going there? Uh, yep, I'll wait for you to go, Mitch. Go for it. Uh, no, only because I think you could get Will Kennedy or Ronald Volkman instead. That was you? going to be my question to you guys, right? We kind of got a few cash downs. So we got Volkman, who's not playing, at 270. We got Will Kennedy 278. We got Brandon Smith 414. He's still a bit of a cash down from a more expensive fella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got we got Tass 346. And we have Fanoa Brown uh, at uh, 327. Which one would you choose? Because people generally only need one cash down during the week. Who who would you pick? Uh, Kennedy. Easy. Yep. Look, the extra cash matters more, I think. These cash down guys, you're not playing them in your 17. Uh, you, I don't think you, pick- you, you, you would be this week, um, which is why you would consider them. Oh, that's but, true. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, but only this week. Like after this week, correct. You do not want to yeah. see them ever in your 17. Yeah. So the only 100%. way that I pick Brown is if he was your extra hooker or half cover, uh, and even then, you'd be pretty sketchy if you're playing him week to week. Mm. Mm. Uh, even as a cover for like a week or two for like an ankle injury or something. All right. Uh, look, I'm going to take us through really quickly just through. Mate, I'll, no, I'll go one more. I'll go one more. Who have you got? Oh, it's spicy uh, Joe Off and Gowie, mate. 
You do. Ultra spicy. So he's absolutely gone under the radar of um, pretty much the entire fantasy community. Um, 731K, so he's not cheap like he was. He was in the 400s to start the year. He cracked out an 84 this week. So he got our boom and it's just super impressive this week. He's got a 34 break even. And as I mentioned a couple of times, he hit that 58 tackles a career high. So he's been the shining light um, for the Tigers all year from a fantasy point of view. So when he, um, in terms of his production, guys, when he plays greater than 60 minutes, he averages 58.4 in 67 minutes. But in games when he played less than 60 minutes, right, he averaged 42.2. So that's a 16-point difference just based on his minutes improving by about 13 um, per game. So um, I'm very tempted uh, to move from Haas to Joel Gowie considering Joel Gowie players this week. He's clearly locked up that spot. He's playing over 60 minutes, um, and he's just under a point per minute. So um, I'm very keen... Um, considering Haas has been booked in for surgery at the end of the year. And I'm, Mitch thinks the couple of weeks off um, should see him right. I'm, I'm skeptical. I think he could be have his load managed a little bit. And he's a 2.1% ownership for offering Gowie. Um, Mitch, what do you reckon about moving from Haas to offering Gowie? Is, is that a bit premature based upon your analysis of Haas? Mitch has left us, I think. By the no, side. I'm here. I'm here. I'm thinking. <laughs> Stu, what uh, do you reckon? I think that overall, if you're playing for overall, Joe Offengau is certainly a good chance there. Uh, I think, what's his last five like for Joe Offengau? Because well, one, one game's good. one of the worst run homes, don't they? Which is kind of what you want. Yeah, Exactly. So let's have a look here. Here's last five. <laughs> he only had 310 buyers last round, so there you go. Uh, I, I would say Offen and Gowie, yes, but not because of the injury to Haas, more so that Offen Gowie has the minutes locked up as far as he has no competition, whereas Haas has Carrigan as competition. Um, I like it. I was unaware that Haas was booked in for any sort of surgery, though. Yeah, I heard it on uh, on the radio podcast. Or his shoulder. Yeah, book- yeah for, for his AC. So apparently um, it's rare for ACs to need uh, surgery. So he's already ruled himself out uh, for the end of year uh, kangaroos because um, he's already booked in surgery. Well, for it to be, that, that changes my analysis significantly because for it to require surgery, you're looking at a high three or a four grade four like it's much much higher than people are saying yeah uh, do, do, but you, I find do you reckon that you could be doing something yeah and it's not like a larger you correct me if i'm wrong mitch because i'm only rudimentary in my understandings here larger or something like that wouldn't necessarily fix an ac joint issue would it larger would not fix an ac it's, joint it's the absolute opposite of the issue isn't it impacting as opposed to impact out that's right Hmm. So, so what's yeah. he having done? And how could he be back in two to three weeks if he's booked in for season-ending surgery or season-ending? They're going to need no. They're going to needle him up for the rest of the year, and then he's going to have surgery to fix it at the end of the year. That's right. That's what they would do. But the, it means the grading they've been reporting is wrong because you would not do surgery on. You'd be unlikely. It's very, very unusual to do a surgery on a grade three, and he was listed as a one at all stages. Um, I have no connections with Brisbane, so I can't make any further comment on that. Like, I really, 
I'm a bit miffed by it. But if he's booked in for AC joint surgery, mm. I'd be tempted to sell him. That's how that's how big that changes my analysis because all I'd found was grade one, grade one, grade one. That's it. That's all that's out there. So if that's correct, mm. I would sell Payne Haas. It was reported. I, I, I'm trying to find an article now, but I can't find it. But I definitely heard it today. Fair enough. And look, uh, I'm looking at Joe for Gary here. Look, he's got last last five of 59, right? Take out the 80. That sort of goes down to about 55. So, because obviously that was an exceptional effort and they were getting towed up. And they had a couple of big injuries that game too. So, he did play a few extra minutes in there. Uh, so, look, I like Joe and Gary as an option there. He... Yeah, I guess it depends on how confident you are. Like, if he passes your eye test, I almost want to go back and watch the game before I buy him, though. Yeah, good point. I, I think I think you're right, Stu. Just reconsider that. I'm not saying he's eye, he's not eye happy level. I'm not um, suggesting that, but um, it, a two percent two percent ownership, it's very tempting, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. Well, and he plays this week, right? Which gives him the extra points over someone like. Uh, He'd be bringing in a, in a week or two's time, like Cam Murray, who might be a little bit hungover from Origin, for overall. For head-to-head, well, rounds, mm. 20, rounds 20 to 24, right? 25. Would you rather, though, have Cam Murray or Joe and Gary? Oh, Cam Murray, obviously, but I'm just saying uh, paying Haas to Joe and Gary is like 60K. It won't cost you that much. Yeah, that's true. It's better than the hundred. It, it is. It is a ten percent discount over Cam Murray. Okay. Look, we, no, we th- need to confirm the surgery though. That changes things if that's the case. Mm. If, I, you know, if he's not having surgery, you'd keep him. Yeah. Because you know it's a lower grade. If he's having surgery, you'd flog him. That's it. Yep. Having a look at this, so you save eighty k on Cam Murray, and you save sixty grand fifty nine k on. Ah, Papali, though Papali does play the same week. So, look, pick one or the other. Depends on where your cash leads you. Just reading here, guys, because I've been doing a dive. Um, It's uh, quoted here, he suffered two bouts of AC joint problems in the last two months. That's pretty full, and that's on top of ongoing issues with one particular shoulder. So I wonder if he's got like an underlying rotator cuff or labral issue, and that's what the surgery's for. Okay, so the AFCs are just the icing on the cake for this particular issue. I just cannot imagine that he would have it for anything less than three or four. And threes and fours are obvious and they're really painful. Like, he just could not play through that. Um, I reckon I reckon it's surgery for a labral tear. That'd be my gut instinct or possibly a cuff or both. Okay, so we've got the big sell on hearts, so we might need to go back and, and make sure. Uh, if it's those two injuries, it's less of a sell, but there's now a lot of risk involved. Excellent. All right. Uh, let me get to my guys real quick. Two guys very much in the same boat for me. I know people disagree, but look, Dylan Brown, 60, uh, 38 points last week when they got towed up uh, by the Rabbitohs. Concerningly towed up by the, up by the Rabbitohs, I must say. Uh, he got 38 points. He's 667K. So look, and this counts for Mitchell Moses too, look. The Eels are doing what they've done for the last few years, which is come out of the blocks hot and then to falter significantly mid to late season. So Dylan Brown's scores have followed that exact trajectory, right? Excluding the couple of games he was at Santa, he was scoring averaging in the 60s. 
and then just recently it's come absolutely crashing back to earth and it's really quite concerning for me like I like Dylan Brown but it's uh, I like to watch him play I like to see them play but he is absolutely like last uh, last three average of 38 so you, you can't buy that guys like especially because they're not they haven't been against the best teams in the world that they're playing against here so uh, Mitchell Moses 35 points 638k so yes you save 30k and look Moses has better base stats like Dylan Brown's issues is that yeah he's he relies a bit on attacking as well uh, attacking stats and Mitchell Moses has better base but he the issue is and tell me if I'm wrong here guys but for me the Eels looked the best when they were doing secondary phase ball right Ryan Madison offloads, Isaiah Papley running in an edge, Sean Lane breaking through the line and getting a handoff, a bit of Clint Gutherson's sweeps, not really structured attacking plays like the Panthers. Is that correct for you guys? Yep, absolutely. Yep. That's yep. how they that's how they beat teams like the Storm and Panthers who play with structure. Mm. So the issue is for IRC for Mitchell Moses is that uh, he he's not the beneficiary of that type of play. He's he's not the guys causing it. They're not really running out wide, uh, and he's not the final passer to guys like Sevo either. That's Dylan Brown, uh, if not the centre. So he's just going to lose out a bit there too. So for him, he's a bit of a word for me. I reckon uh, Daily Cherivans even not playing seventeen will outscore Moses probably by a you know a fair bit. Yeah, I think so. I'd wait for DC to be honest, and either of these two. That's it, um, duds. I'd pick I up Jeremy. The axe through, through. The axe is going through, and boys. Okay, yep, they're done. Well, they, well, they only again, talked about for round might. seventeen. That's why we've been talking about them, and I'm not confident. I'd rather pick up na, Jerome. Na, na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye, Mitchell uh, Rose, Dylan Brown. Excellent. Uh, Read money. Uh, 45 points, 60 break-even. Now, look, he's the only hooker kind of worth buying this week. Now, look, 45 points is a decent floor in a flogging by Souths, but really only buy if you're an Eels believer. Uh, 666K. Uh, there's not many options cheaper than him. Uh, Harry Grant still 100K more. Damien Cook's, what, 300 grand more now? 250 grand more. Uh, yep. and a hundred grand to Reese Robson. So he's an option there, but he's not he's probably not a top four guy. Only get him if you need a bench hooker. Uh and then hope that he, he comes back into form. Alright, let's let's kill this one off. Uh so guys, Nick, what have you got the Eels winning by? Thirty mate. Mitch? I'm gonna copy Nick. I think thirty as well, it's gonna be big. Yeah, and look, I really want the Tigers to win this, kind of like they did last round. That'd uh, be brilliant. I get if oh, I don't know how to feel about this one because the Eels were bad, but the Tigers were Tigers were diabolical last week to lose to the Warriors that badly. So, look, I've got I've got to get the Eels by at least like ten. But you know, it could be one of those games like when they versed the Titans, where it's just a stinkathon. All right. Uh, okay, so that is the Saturday game. Sunday, Mitch, a ton of work at the Broncos. Tell us through what's happening. 
And there's a few things going on here. The Broncos have a long list of players missing. So Cobbo, Carrigan, Capel and Flegler are all out on origin duty. Uh, Tamari Martin and Payne Haas, as well as Corey Jensen, are injury blows. Uh, in a timely boost, Tessie New is going to return after that hamstring injury. Uh, Keenan Palicia and Ryan James will form a new front row partnership. While Jordan Pereira is going to slot into the wing against his former club. Uh, Kobe, Hethering- Kobe Hetherington is taking over Carrigan's 13 jersey. And Jordan Rickey and debutant Zach Hosking make up the back row. Playmakers Corey Pay and Tyson Gamble have both been named on the bench following knee and leg injuries, respectively. Mm. All right. So, uh, Nick, Dragon's time. What's doing? Benny Hunt is on origin duty. So, Bud Sullivan takes over halfback. Um, in the only change, Matt Fingai. Uh, could be set for the sidelines, didn't mention earlier, after hobbling off with that knee injury. So just to wait and see on Matt Fee, oh, Fee and I, guys. That's it. Uh, ha- having a look at this team, the yeah, Talatau Moga would be likely come in at 19 if that was the case. Uh, and look, he's one of those guys who probably deserves the role right after doing so well uh, in the reserve grade for so long. All right, uh, Nick, how about you kick us off, mate? Who are we looking at? Percy New, guys. Um, he was looked at uh, early in the season as a fullback option. 48, uh, 458k with a 38 break even. Uh, so he's been off since round six, guys, um, which is a long time ago. I'm hesitant. Um, and a bit like um, Jack Burr, which Stu will talk, talk about in a bit, and we've mentioned tonight as well, it, they're just awkward price points at this time of the year. Um mm. Guys in this, you know, high 300s or 400s, they're not keepers. They're not cash downs. They're just really in the middle. There's no real point in bringing them in. Um, but just for completion, so Tessie New, his 2021 average at fullback was 41.3. So he could make you 120K. But I'm going to say, but probably not. You know, I just I just don't see the value there. It's just uh, dotting our I's and crossing our T's by mentioning him. So... Just, just probably wait and see slash avoid him, guys. Stu, what do you have, mate? I've got a couple of centres options, really, from this one because, like, the dragon, the Dragons team, we've pretty much called fantasy death for a little while, uh, especially now that Cody Ramsey's priced out and uh, the Broncos, they've got a few things too. But, look, I wanted to focus a little bit on centres, so Katoni Staggs. So... 13 points last week, 59 break even, 500k or 499. So he's had a really poor form of, uh, sorry, run of form since Origin. Uh, and look, a bad man being on the field also means that more ball uh, has been going to the left instead of just all of it to Adam Reynolds. So uh, he's seen a little bit decrease of uh, number of touches per game. Uh, but he is 500k. He is in that keep a centre contention uh, he's coming up against a side which likes to run the ball down that left hand side uh, towards him so he'll be up against look I've got him as like a little bit of a pod centre option if you're missing one guys any interest in Katoni Stags is like that sort of third centre nope. option too, too, too inconsistent no way he's getting manhandled as well um in attack and defense in the last couple of weeks. I'm not happy with what I've been seeing from Katoni Staggs. And I'm a huge Katoni Staggs fan. Like, mm. legit. How many how many games would you want to see from Katoni before you thought you'd bring him in? 
two, at Fair. least. Fair enough. Mate, look- there's, there's three or four better centre options than Katani Staggs at this stage, in my opinion. Excellent. Well, look, that probably writes him off for the season then because like, he won't, his price won't fall enough to make him cheap to pick up and you're not really looking for cheap at that point. So he's either playing this week or he's not. Look, up against him is Moses Suli. I just kind of wanted to mention him. That's it. Look, he got 47 points last week in torrential rain down in Wollongong against, uh, you know, uh, a very decent Raiders team. 556k. Now, look, he's been one of the few standouts, like, from a fantasy side in the Dragons team. He went from, like, a 300k player to he's now 556 and he is a little bit of a pod because he's outscored Val Holmes, Penasini, Olam, and his teammate Jack Bird. So look, he's one of those guys who's got a great floor but not a great ceiling. So again, for me, he's he's not sort of the optimal buy here, but he's a little bit of a pod buy this week. But look, I reckon if you're really looking to have a bit of a pod and like a little bit of a cash down, like a one player goes up and another player goes down, Jack Bird would have been a great buy last week. Not as great this week. 496k, uh, 61 fantasy points with a 15 break even. So look, uh, 42 tackles uh, really boosts his base stats because uh, he normally gets uh, somewhere close to 30. Uh, and he set up a try in the last couple of weeks. Now, Nick has him as an avoid for this status at 500k. He's dual player center wing and there's no one really like him in this price range would you guys be interested in Jack Bird or do you reckon we're a week or two late on this one guys Nick uh, I reckon <laughs> I, 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 I'll take this one mate I reckon I reckon we're two weeks late and you called it two or three weeks ago and it's happened I think his price is now getting a little bit awkward to take on that said where you really only have two or three centers you can trust. If you're looking for someone a little bit different, Jack Bird's not a bad option, but we've just seen with St. George, it's just a quagmire. There is no one on that team we can trust. I've been harping on Ben Hunt all year, and he just has not come to fruition from a fantasy standpoint. I just don't think you can touch him. I think there's too much risk involved, although I do think he's interesting. Fair enough. Nick, any interest from you? Nah, none. Absolutely none. Mm. I don't think there's any man on the boat. There's maximum 50k to make. And at this stage of the season, just don't bother. He's disappointed all year. Why would he perform now? Fair enough. Look, I wish I got in a week or two ago. I know a few people were probably happy like if they if they didn't reverse their UNA can trade. I know a few of them got out to uh, Jack Bird and pocketed the 150k and didn't really lose any points for it. So that's doing all right for them. I know I've got you and Aitken, so... Unless... Would you be happy with Bird in your final 17, though, really? As keeper? How much have you got? You've got 13.5 million. Look, I, I, I think as 17th man or even 18th man, you'd be very happy. As 18th man, you'd be thrilled. So it just depends on what yeah, you Yeah, 18th, but I, I don't think you want him in your final 17, so I don't see any point in bringing him in at this stage. Mm. Unless you already got him, you know? For sure. Well, I, I'm having a look here. Like, I've got a couple of guys worth that much on my in my reserves. So, one of the mean Jack Yeah, but you've got to cash those down, though. You've got to cash those down to upgrade elsewhere, though, to finalise your team. That's true. 
Yeah, although I probably need to reverse my Joe off and Gary trade. I think I got a bit urgent on that one. <laughs> I just made it as we were talking just before. Anyway, um, I got the Broncos by four. Stu, what do you mate? Oh, I, I, I had a player. Oh, oh you oh, do. Sorry, Mitch. You actually do have an important player, Mitch. Talk us, talk us through who it is and uh, <laughs> why. No, 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 no right. we were very high on the it. preseason. Talk us through why you Ryan James <laughs> is the best player of the year. Ryan James. Um, <laughs> Adam Reynolds, dude. Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. So, 38 points, 63 break even. He had 778k. We said he would have decreased line engagements. We said he'd have difficulty setting up tries decrease in tackle bus and that's exactly what happened he was playing against the uh cowboys who are going to have a much better time getting up in his face but i would say something with this dragons team they like to hurt you and they're mean and they've got a pack of mean forwards they've got Tarek sims uh they've got uh jaden sewer they've got francis molo uh jack bird a lot of these guys are going to look to hunt for reynolds i don't think it's an aberration i think he'll have the same issues as uh last week i do think once he starts to come up against softer opposition and the ribs settle down it won't be as much of a problem but look for him to try and get rid of that ball quickly and play that dinner suit role at least one more week so if you're an adam reynolds uh owner probably hold him because he will come good if you don't own him do not touch him for at least another week or two he's not yet passing the eye test so are we so the only one rich we've really picked out this week like if i to help the people at home maybe Right, just just let me pre-see what I believe that we've said this game. Right, so Nico Hines as I probably is the best captaincy choice. Right, Jerome Hughes or, or or Pappenhausen if yeah yeah okay as an option, uh, possible pot option. Uh, we got Jerome Hughes as the only half that people have really been keen on this week to pick up. Uh, we have Brandon Smith as a sort of the most expensive the cheapies that we're kind of keen on uh ryan pappenhausen is probably the best wing fullback this week uh to pick up uh best cash down as will kennedy unless any any disagreement on that one no and okay okay so for the props we have like top of the line we have isaiah papali and joe offengawi uh cheaper Mitch Barnett, Tyson Frizzell in that sort of five six hundred k mark, and that is just about it. And uh, oh, and really going to casino, Sean Lane seven hundred k. Excellent, because really we don't like anyone from the Broncos or Dragons this week. Excellent. Uh, all right, so let's go forward here. Uh, who have we got captaining this week? Nick. I'm thinking um, Nico Hines, obviously, or uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, I think, is a tempting one. Um, bit of a pod, but obviously Nico Hines is the is the easy option. Probably the safe thing to do. That's true. And fortunately, Nico's one of those guys who does have that high ceiling for us. Uh, for me, I've only got four players, so it's pretty easy. It'll probably be Hines and whoever else is playing one of these four guys is billy walters so i'm not feeling confident here this week i might try and turn into six players let's see how i go uh mitch who are you thinking about 
Well, I need to make up some points, so I'm hoping that Isaiah Papali scores two tries and he's sitting as my captain and cracks out, you know, 80 or 90 points as captain. Excellent. So, uh, does a hemi during the warm-up. Gotcha. Oh. All right. The way my 2022 season's been going, not impossible. Excellent. All right, Nick, trades this week. Yeah, I'm looking at Haas to offer Ngoi. So that's just to get rid of the liability of Haas potentially and to bring in a keeper mid who plays this week and offer Ngoi. Excellent. Mitch? Uh, no trades for me this week, mate. Yeah, and for myself, I really, I'm running short here So, and I really want some good keepers in, so it's probably no trades for me this week uh, with a big week of post-origin if everyone makes it okay. Uh, I think... While I'm in the top thousand, I'm nowhere near the top hundred, and there's no turbo this year for me to captain at all the right times to leap me up the ladder. Uh geez, that was good last year. All right, guys, uh, let's get to some questions from the people. So uh, let me start with this one for Nick. Brenton Vickery goes, "Who scores better overall, from Frizzell or Moses?" That's a really good question. I actually have no idea. I'm just going to take a punt and say Frizzell. Mitchell Moses is the best flat track bully in the league. And they're playing the Tigers. No, overall for the rest of the season. Oh. So strength of schedule time. Mm, Well, Knights are the easiest run home. So Mm. I'm leaning Frizzell, but... Eels are ninth hardest... You know what? I, I, I'd say they're just about, you know, you're splitting hairs here. I'd probably just go positional, to be honest. Mm, wherever right? it benefits you the most. Yeah, positionally wise, yeah. Yeah. So what? I, they- I agree with Nick Frizzell. Yeah, look, I'd... Yeah, I'd have to go Frizzell too, just because Moses... Moses has been bad. Then again, Frizzell's been looking a little bit tired, but then again, maybe that was just they were running so many metres forward against the Titans. It's... It's funny you say that, Stu. I was going to say the same thing when Nick was talking about him. I thought he looked a little bit disinterested, to be honest. But I think he's yeah, better he than didn't, Moses. He didn't look himself. Yeah. Nope. yeah. He used to run with real rage and intense in Georgia. Mm. I just haven't seen it this year. Anyway. Uh, he might be He might be a little bit under the weather. I still think he could outscore Moses, though. That's that's where I'm at with Moses. Okay. So I think the answer we're saying, Brent, is uh, try and find a different option. Moving on. Uh <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, if, if yeah, that's that probably point, the answer. Six thirty, right? Find a different way, mate. You know, find the extra money for Joe Offengawi or Sean Lane, or uh, even Jerome Hughes. I reckon we'll score both. Yeah. Okay, um, Rich. I, I'd be tempted to go Jerome Hughes. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Rich Martin uh, is looking for a couple of trades. So Max King to uh, Pappenhausen. Yep, locked in. Oh. Max oh. King's been pretty damn good. No, I, I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like it. Find okay. a different... Yeah. Uh, What's the next trade? Savage or Karaz to Brandon Smith? Oh, Savage, right? <laughs> Do you reckon Savage is going to end up in the naughty books oh, for... Oh. Uh, for Ricky, like no, yeah. Uh, here's the thing that's come out today. The last part of news I didn't bring out because I was doing it off the top of my head. Uh, reports that uh, on Tuesday, Chance Nickel Clockstad said that he's going to New Zealand next year, play for the Warriors, which leads to the Reese Walsh possibly going to the Broncos. It's like a bit of a movement. 
I think Karaz is pretty well priced out. I was checking his uh, projection. He'd have to get sort of 45, 50 points to make any real movement over the next two to three weeks. And I just don't see that happening. Uh, and we all thought Brandon Smith priced the eye test and the Storm have no one left to go to. I like I like Karaz to Smith. But hey, I'm the guy who's had Smith for like 10 friggin' rounds. So. Yeah, no, I like Karaz to Smith better than Savage. Savage has more points in him. Uh, and, and Raiders have an easy run home. Yep, and Charles Dickel Clock is going to New Zealand next year. So Ricky will, at some point, if they lose the next game, he'll have to play for next year. So, yep. he'll, and which makes me concerned for Adam Elliott. Damn it! The, <laughs> the Raiders better start winning real quick. Uh, all right, because I've still got They've lost four of their last five, the Raiders, by the way. Just so you know. That's so I, frustrating. I'm, I'm anticipating changes soon. I am, because that's what they were doing earlier in the season when they were losing. That's true. And the only good thing about Adam Elliott is that, geez, he plays friggin' well. He's playing so hard at the moment. Adam Elliott's not the problem. He's not. Joe, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Papali, or Papali, he... He's looked way off the pace. He's... I think he's struggling with the origin load, to be honest with you. I'd expect him to pick it up yeah. maybe a week. Well, he was only origin. playing 27 minutes in origin. Yeah, he, he, just, he barely gets he, on the field. He's looked cooked all year. Yep. He must be carrying something. Yep, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. He's looked well off the pace, so... Yep. Okay, Luke Saragoza asked us about a billion different options here, but here's a quick one. Who averages more for the rest of the season, Murray, Papali'i, or Pappenhausen? Pappenhausen's got... Yeah. Murray. Ooh, ooh. Hang on. Murray. Yeah, Murray. There's Murray because no, of the no schedule. Yeah. Um, Hame Saleh's gone and Liam Knight's gone. I think Murray's yep. got to punch out not the high 60s, low 70s. I think he's got to keep punching out 80s now, don't you think? For minutes. Yep. Mm. He'll, be, he'll be punching out 70s for sure. I think he needs. he probably needs a breather at some point, but they'll play mm. that by the eye test just to keep them in the games. So, yeah, yeah, Murray will be playing 70-plus minutes. Probably in the order that he listed them, right? Murray, Papali'i, yeah, Pappenhausen. Yep. That's the order that cool. I would be currently be buying them in, would be Murray, Papali'i, yep. Pappenhausen. Uh, so that's for average, by the way. So obviously for overall, Papali'i and Pappenhausen have a game in hand. All right, next one. Who averages the most out of everyone for the rest of the season besides Cleary, Hines, and Cook? Murray. <laughs> uh, probably Cleary Cook Hines <laughs> oh, besides besides them oh god damn Murray excluding those three who would yeah uh, yeah um, look no, you, you've named them Ghost Smokey Tarpany, yeah. I like that yeah well Papa Lee we just said is busted so Tarpany oh jeez I missed out on Tarpany Tarpany right looks on that one good too. Hudson it, it, Young, maybe. No, <laughs> I think I think I, I like I like Cam Murray and Joey Tarpany. I think the two of you are right. What about DCE? DCE, DC, DCE, DC, and Harry Grant. Yeah. I would throw in there too. Nah, Harry Grant will get busted. DCE and uh, Murray. Murray. Nah, they, yeah. they look taking care of Harry Grant this year. They're playing a lot of Benny Hunt in Origin. No, nah, so he's coming. He's, he's heading for another bust. I can feel it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm glad that you can feel the injuries just by sight these days. <laughs> I bet uh, you, I bet you a sandwich you picks up another injury by the end of the year. What sort of an injury? A three week plus? Two week plus. Two week plus. Yeah, done. Problem solved. Uh, excluding Origin. No, 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 no. That's the bet. 
I'll make it for you next week. Anyway, no, I'll, I'll take on. that one. Best halfback option to trade in for Sexton at his price of lower. What's Sexton price? That's five forty-eight. I know this every week because I watch it, and I'm like, "Well, I'm glad that I didn't sell that late." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so five forty-eight. There is half. no one I looked. Oh no, 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 no. We mentioned um, who's that half hooker? Far Manu Brown. Yeah, he's a half hooker. He's a half hooker, uh, but there's no guarantee that he continues to play. Remember, they're not playing for next year because they got Appy coming, right? Mm. They got Little all still on the books. They they got a couple of uh, decent hookers on the books. Uh, I'd say out of people you can actually play, I'm having a look here under his price. So there's really only four that you could actually consider. So there is, if you like the world's saltiest man, you can get Cody Walker, but with their run, we say solid no. There's Jackson Hastings, who, do you reckon that uh, he will get better as that injury recovers, Mitch? Yeah, he might, but the Tigers won't, so what does it matter? That's true. Mm. Uh, We got, for the soft run, we have Anthony Milford at the Knights. So Jake Averillo is ascending. That's true. So, so, look, I've got Milford at 481 if you're really willing to mm-hmm. take a punt there because he's he's running that team around now. And they're mm-hmm. looking to keep Agreed. him. They're offering yep. him an extended deal. So they're not going to hook him because they have no one else. So Milford and Adam O'Brien's playing for his job, hopefully. Uh, and, yes, you picked it there, Jake Averillo playing at fullback. So, or find 50 grand and go get Jerome Hughes. Yeah, that would yeah, be the easiest. Yeah, find fifty grand. Yeah, that's the answer. But if you can't, or mate, cash down a Volkman. Cash down a Volkman. Ooh, he did score a forty on the weekends. Yep. Yep. Actually, yeah, go take Volkman, Peter, and uh, cash up elsewhere. And he's got the next one. Who's the best buy, Mitchell or Pappenhausen? Happy. Yeah, it's not hard. As in Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Happy. Yep. Happy. Definitely. And is it worth tearing your team apart for them? No. No. Don't get either of them. Not for either. Yeah. You were warned. You could end up like Nick and be, you know, wetting your pants with 10 minutes to go when Ryan Pavanhausen is on eight and and you're about to lose 60 grand. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I got lucky. I I wanted that lesson to be learned, but the footy gods don't love me. That's true. <laughs> okay, and Pete Campbell wraps us up. A Hoskins, Cartwright, Paul, or Saluka for feeder if picked, which he wasn't worth a look. No. No. Uh, Arrow will be back. Yeah, all, all of them are in this week, out for the rest of the season. Look, if you want someone for a looping, pick guys who play late in the round, which for the rest of the year I'm pretty sure is the West Tigers, uh, is probably one of the best looping teams. So go find someone really cheap from them. Though apparently they're playing all of their cheapest plays at the moment. So you're really going to have to pick an absolute nobody, like a developmental player or something. Excellent. All right, guys, that is all from us uh, for the main section. Uh, Any last thoughts, Nick? Um. Just be careful with your trades, guys. Make sure you're cashing down to genuine cash downs. Um, any any mid-range guy you bring in, make sure you can see them in your 17 or as a minimum as your 18th man. There's just no point otherwise. So, you know, you're testing news, jackbirds, just all those types of guys. If you're not in your 17, then just don't bother. 
fair enough. All right, Mitch, any any further thoughts from you? Nah, uh, mate, I did it always, as I always do. I left it all out in the field. Fair enough. All right. Feel the battle. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, this is the a Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast team signing out. Hopefully, you guys all have a uh, great buy round. Hopefully, New South Wales get up in the origin. And we all get back to round 18 and uh, start really punching out those head-to-head wins. And congratulations again to uh, the guys in the main league who are really, I guess, smashing it out overall. Well done to you. Anyway, this is the team signing out.